Welcome to the Only Love is Real podcast, uh, reading from Paul Farini's Miracle of Love, Chapter 6, Abuse and Forgiveness. People who are afraid of love ask for it nonetheless, yet when it comes to them, they are unable to receive it. They want love to come in a perfect shape and size, and it never comes that way. Real love comes from essence, not appearance. It is practical and immediate, not ideal or abstract. People who can't look past appearances won't recognise the beloved even when he or she stands before them. People who are afraid of love are ambivalent about giving and receiving. When you are aloof, they feel safe and desire your presence. But when you come close, they get scared and ask you to back off or go away. This emotionally teasing behaviour enables them to be in relationship while avoiding intimacy. If you are drawn into such relationships, you must face the fact that you too may be afraid to receive love. Why else would you choose a partner who cannot give it? More specifically, you may believe that the only way you can receive the love you want is to put up with someone's constant criticism and rejection of you. On some level, you are what you attract. So blaming the other person for showing up in your life is a futile attempt to shift the responsibility away from yourself. If you want to understand and learn from what happened, you must ask yourself, how does this person reflect my own fear, insecurity and emotional ambivalence? Only when you do that can you break the magic spell. Freedom comes when you take the other person off the hook and realise that the real issue is your own self-worth. Your partner's criticism and lack of acceptance of you is just a mirror for your own lack of acceptance and criticism of yourself. Low self-esteem is frequently mirrored in critical or abusive relationships. Your job is not to judge other people, analyse them or try to fix them. Accept them as they are. Send them love. But don't live with them or be their partner. Stop compromising yourself. You deserve love without having to put up with criticism or abuse. Only if you are afraid that no one will love you the way you are would you settle for love with such unfortunate conditions attached to it. If you are willing to be a victim, you will be sure to attract an abuser. Your lack of faith in yourself attracts another who is similarly insecure. What the other person does to you is just an external version of what you are doing to yourself. Don't blame the other person. Take responsibility for the fact that you allowed the criticism to continue and be clear that you are making a different choice. Own the problem and the solution. Loving and taking care of yourself are essential steps in attracting a relationship that will honour you. Do not accept less than you want and deserve and you will not bring inappropriate relationships into your life. Look with care when a potential partner comes into your life. Is he or she gentle and forgiving with you or is he or she critical and controlling? Say yes to the former and no absolutely to the latter. Unless you can say no to potential partners who are incapable of honouring you, how can you attract a partner who will, in love, who will love and accept you as you are?
You bring in what you allow. None of you are victims of someone else's actions towards you. You bring into your life what you allow to come in. If you say no to what you don't want, you bring in what you do want. It is that simple. The only factor that makes all this complicated is that you don't always know what you want. Or if you do, you don't trust it and remain committed to it. When your unconscious desires are different from your conscious goals, what you bring into your life reflects a mixture of both. Your creative capacity functions both consciously and unconsciously. Mind is creative, whether or not it is aware of itself. If you want to create consciously, you must bring your unconscious desires and fears up for acceptance and inspection. Then you will understand what your experiences why your experiences often differ remarkably from what you consciously intend. When you understand your desires and fears, you can make choices that do not violate the more childish, vulnerable parts of your psyche. This may mean that your goals become more immediate, short-term and realistic, but this is a positive step ensuring that your long-term goals will not be undermined by the scared and wounded aspects of your psyche. Expecting too much from yourself or from others is as dysfunctional as expecting too little. Wanting a job or relationship you don't have the skills or maturity to handle is counterproductive and creates severe anxiety. It is far better to seek out a less challenging job or relationship and do well at it than it is to shoot too high too soon. Small, progressive victories build confidence on all levels of the psyche, integrating child and adult perspectives and strengthening trust that will be needed for more difficult challenges that lie ahead. To create what you want means to get clear about what you really want on all levels of your being. When the spiritual adult and wounded child want different things, manifestation is always mixed. That is why the time you take to integrate and unify the different needs and wants of your psyche is time well spent. When there is a strong desire in the heart and clarity in the mind, the creative process flows easily. If you want to succeed in your relationships with others, take the time to get to know yourself. Then it will be clear when and to whom you must say no and when and to whom you must say yes. Remember, what comes to you is not always what it seems. The knight in shining armour may be an insecure abuser in disguise and the one offering comfort and support may well be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Always look beyond appearances, for nothing is as it seems to be. When you know what you want and what you need, be patient and wait for it. Many will come to you claiming to be the one you asked for, but only one will be authentic. Usually, it won't be the one who comes with lots of smoke and mirrors. More often than not, it will be the simple, unassuming one. The one who doesn't use big words or promise great gifts, but who takes your hand and looks into your eyes without fear. Equality and mutual respect. In order to experience equality with others, you must be willing to treat others with dignity and respect.
Moreover, you must be clear that you expect to be treated in a respectful manner by all of the people in your life, spouse, parents, children, friends, people at work, even strangers. If someone acts in a judgmental, critical or attacking way towards you, please tell that person immediately how you are feeling. Do so without blaming or attacking back, but ask clearly to be treated respectfully. That is your right, and that is the other person's responsibility. Don't allow someone to treat you in an unkind or unfair way without standing up for yourself. Mind you, I'm not telling you to attack back or retaliate. I'm simply telling you to stand up for yourself and insist that you be treated with respect. When you turn the other cheek, you are telling your abuser to think again and make a different choice. The important thing is to oppose what is disrespectful when it happens. Otherwise, you will feel resentful and entitled to make judgments of the person who criticised or attacked you. That is passive-aggressive. Retaliating slowly over time is no better than retaliating in the heat of the moment. The key is not to retaliate at all but to stand up for yourself clearly and forcefully without impunging on the dignity of the other person. Unless you know in the core of your being that you deserve to be treated kindly, you will put up with unnecessary abuse and allow yourself to become a victim. Being a victim who gives power away to others is not spiritual. It is irresponsible to yourself and to the other person. You do not empower another by giving your power to him. Instead, you give him a false sense of responsibility and control, which prevents him from taking appropriate responsibility for his own life. This arrangement is codependent and mutually invalidating. When one person does not carry her own weight, the other person has to carry her weight as well as his own. The result is that both people become weak, tired, discouraged and resentful. For a relationship between two people to work, each person must take responsibility for treating the other with dignity and respect. This creates a foundation of trust and mutual regard on which genuine equality can be built. Forgiveness. No matter how good your relationship is, you and your partner will forget to honour each other. You will get stressed out and project your pain onto each other. You will attack and defend, give and receive guilt, and generally make a mess of things. These are the times when your relationship is asking you to grow in wisdom and emotional strength. Your intimate partnership is a microcosm of your entire journey. Since there are no perfect partners out there, your challenge is to accept and honour the imperfect one who stands before you, and, yes, to honour yourself even though your life is also riddled with mistakes. If you and your partner can forgive each other's transgressions and re-establish your trust in one another, then you can deepen in your love and your capacity for intimacy. This is the challenging part of relationship. Anyone can enter into a relationship. Falling in love is easy, especially when hormones are at work. And leaving isn't much harder especially when people are blindly projecting their fears onto each other. But what most people don't seem to be willing to do is to practice forgiveness together. And that is why so many partnerships fail. Forgiveness is the key to success in every relationship. 
Indeed, if you and another person are committed to practicing forgiveness, you can live together successfully, even if you don't have a lot in common. On the other hand, if the two of you are not willing to practice forgiveness, then nothing you try will work. No, not religion or psychotherapy or relationship workshops. If one of you is willing and the other is not, then the odds are a little better, but still not so good, unless the willing one sets such a strong example that the unwilling one becomes willing. While one person can practice forgiveness, and this is always helpful, it takes two to heal the wounds of mutual trespass. If you decide to leave one relationship because you are unwilling to forgive, what makes you think that you can succeed in another? It's true, people are different and some people push your buttons more than others, but everyone is imperfect and everyone is going to push your butt buttons at one time or another. Your ability to create a successful relationship depends not so much on your choice of partner, but on your willingness to forgive yourself and the partner you do choose. By all means, hold out for the partner you want. Insist on common goals, shared interests and mutual attraction. Abandon any relationship that appears to be abusive, even though you might eventually learn something there. Don't play the game of love with half a deck. But realise, my friends, that no matter how well or how poorly you choose a mate, the practice of forgiveness will be necessary. It is the one constant. It is the key to your ultimate happiness and that of your partner. Through the practice of forgiveness, imperfect people become whole and broken relationships are healed and strengthened. Through the practice of forgiveness, you learn what real love and real essence are all about. Through your forgiveness, your mate is transformed into the beloved, the perfect teacher come to set you free of judgments and illusions. That synergy of lover and beloved is the great promise of relationship. When two people surrender fully to their union, they become one in heart and mind. They become the nurturing mother and empowering father, redeeming all wounded children from the suffering of the past. They become living witnesses to the redemptive power of love. Validation. Almost all fear, anger and hurt stem from your feeling unloved and unappreciated. When you respond to another person in a hurt or angry way, he or she feels invalidated by you. The downward spiral of mutual attack and invalidation continues until you are both thoroughly alienated from each other. When you recognise that you and your partner are moving into the game of quote-unquote I'll hurt you because you hurt me, you must stop immediately. Tell your partner, I don't want to do this. Let's take some time to tune in what's, uh, to what's going on inside before this situation escalates and we turn off our love completely. Just stop and say, I'm going to take a walk. I'll be back when I understand better what's happening inside. I want to talk with you when I'm feeling okay, not when I'm feeling hurt or angry. When you walk, realise that what you are feeling, unloved and unappreciated, goes very deep. It is not just a response to this particular incident with your partner. It is a response to every experience you've ever had in which you felt attacked, 
judged, rejected, abandoned or betrayed. When the emotional body is triggered, even though the trigger seems insignificant, many traumatic memories and experiences can surface. The sadness that comes from feeling the loss of love can be intense. Your partner is not responsible for the depth of sadness you feel. He or she is just the trigger. So take him or her off the hook and see that the job of bringing love to the sad and wounded parts of you belongs primarily to you. Be gentle and loving with yourself. Understand that all you want from your partner is reassurance that he or she loves you and wants to be with you. When you return to your partner, ask for that reassurance. But be clear that you cannot depend on your partner for validation. Self-validation is necessary. Even in the healthiest relationships, there are times when one partner is unable to give what the other person needs. People who have not learned to validate themselves have a very difficult time in relationships. They expect more attention and approval than most people are capable of giving. That means they are rejected a lot and that only adds to their insecurity. When you learn to love and validate yourself, you are not needy and easily threatened when your partner gives attention to someone or something else. You learn to give her space to be herself and express aspects of self that she cannot express with you and you feel free to do the same. When the relationship permits each individual to self-actualize, it is easier for the partners to find a shared space that is authentic and nurturing to both people. Finding that shared reality is both the challenge and the reward of every committed relationship. In the process, both people go beyond narrow self-interest and learn to serve the higher purpose of their union.